Welcome to The Outcast, the podcast giving a voice to anyone who's ever felt like an outsider or an outcast with healing and open conversation and welcoming guests to help us have those conversations. We just finished recently part one of a two-part episode, and I'm excited to start part two right now of this episode, Body Image and Eating Disorders, with our guest, licensed and board-certified psychologist, author, and speaker, Matt Zimmerman. Matt, welcome back to the show. Thanks again for being here. Thank you so much, Dee. We had a really great beginning part of this discussion in part one. So if you missed it, I hope everyone will uh, go back and check it out because we really did dive into an introduction about eating disorders and body image issues and concerns. And really a lot in in part one, uh, Matt, about families and how important that role is as you start a process into therapy. Matt, uh, you've got a fantastic book that uh, we've been talking a little bit about called Choosing a Psychotherapist, a Guide to Navigating the Mental Health Maze that everyone can get uh, available at Amazon. It really does sort of give this uh, breath of fresh air, I I think, to folks that are trying to navigate how to find a therapist, how to find the right therapist. That can be kind of an uphill for some people if they don't know how to do it, if they're just starting the process. And especially for young people, finding the right therapist is really important. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, it really is a maze between finding someone who's a good fit and navigating the healthcare system. It can be really challenging. Uh, And sometimes uh, a fit that isn't that good as a result of insurance constraints, there's just a lot of factors that play into it. Um, So I thought the book would really help people navigate that. And I do a lot of consultation with trying to help people find a good fit as well. The Outcast podcast is supported by Richmond to DC HelpWanted.com. Most folks who work here love living here, and that makes a difference. At Richmond to DC HelpWanted.com, they're proud to work the hometown advantage around the clock, connecting local employers to local job seekers. Richmond to DC HelpWanted.com makes it easy to post a job, and it's local, so you won't get spammed by faraway job seekers. And if you're looking for a good local job, search jobs and apply online right now. Get the advantage of finding a job close to home at Richmond to DC HelpWanted.com. Local jobs that work. I want to talk to you a little bit too, because I know this is something that uh, you have some expertise in is, is how we have moved and grown in the healthcare industry to uh, really incorporate mental health care within just regular health care, which I think is a wonderful thing, and also integrative uh, health care. And, and that is something that I think is, is starting to really get some legs with society. I mean, we're starting to hear that more. What does that mean to you and how have you seen that play out in your field? Yeah, I think that's so crucial, and there's a lot of talk about this from, uh, you know, from the political spheres to the the health sphere. Uh, it, you know, really, what it involves is the medical side, the psychological side, really coming together to provide uh, more holistic care. Um, and there's a lot of ways to do that. We know that when someone presents for a medical reason, a physical reason, that 80 to 90 percent there's a, of the time there's a mental health component to that that's either secondary to the medical issue or is actually causing the medical issue. So there's a lot more conversation about 
medical providers doing mental health screenings, medical providers having mental health consultants nearby, and those kinds of models are being discussed a lot at universities and um, in, in communities more broadly. I, I'm so excited about seeing this growth because I feel like one of the things that one of the very uh, important things that that I see it doing uh, pretty immediately, and I'm imagining you're seeing it too here on the on the front line, is that it's taking a lot of the stigma away. Do you feel that way? Absolutely, and we see that in more integrated settings. Um, the physicians are sort of sensitized to what kind of physical symptoms come from a mental health issue. Uh, and on the other side, the mental health providers are more sensitized to when they need to refer to the medical side. But in general, when there's that kind of environment, you do see less stigma for the clients. And and really, the conversation, you know, opens up, and I think it, it helps for people to, to be having this conversation. One of the things uh, that I hear a lot when people are starting to learn about, okay, uh, integrative health care, what does that mean? What is that about? You know, one of the things that I hear... Is, You know, people say things like, well, if I'm going to see an expert in the integrative mental health field, you know, what is that? What does that look like? What does that exactly mean? Does that mean I'm not going to have any medicine? Does that mean, you know, they're only going to prescribe, you know, meditation for me? You know, there's a lot of like Mm -hmm. kind of crazy Mm -hmm. off the wall thoughts around that. Yeah, it doesn't mean that at all. Uh, You know, often there are teams that work together and it's traditional medical provider, uh, primary care, traditional mental health provider, and then other specialists that are needed. Uh, In the realm of eating issues and body image concerns, that might mean nutritional providers, um, gynecologists, psychiatrists, other pieces as needed. Yeah, that's really important, and I, I love the way that you laid that out. The book, like I mentioned, is called Choosing a Psychotherapist, A Guide to Navigating the Mental Health Maze, and uh, Matt Zimmerman is the author, and it is a, uh, it's a great book, and I hope that you'll check it out and pass that information along to uh, someone who is maybe just starting in, in the process of finding a therapist and, and really you know trying to, to better themselves in so many ways would be a, a great book to pass along to them. So on the, on the last episode and on this episode, we're talking about body image concerns, and also eating disorders. And and Matt, you've had such a, a, a long career in this already. I know that you spent some time in Florida, and you're going to be soon in New York and D.C., which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm excited about it. I will be pr- practicing teletherapy in those areas. Yeah, that's so, so exciting. Continue, yeah, I'll continue living in beautiful Charlottesville, but I'll be able to engage in uh, private encrypted video therapy for people in New York or D.C., Virginia, or, or Florida. Yeah, that is really, it's something that is just, I feel like, growing and uh, much needed uh, for fantastic uh, therapists to be available to those uh, who are, you know, walking through that journey and really looking for a trusted person to be a part of that journey like you. And I think that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. So be sure to check out Matt's website so you can see what he's doing with the uh, telepsychology, which is just very interesting. Matt, you know, we started to talk a a little bit about uh, sort of understanding the different types of eating disorders. And you mentioned some of those um, in the first episode about binge eating and the difference uh, between that and uh, bulimia nervosa and anorexia nervosa. And 
and it really is a, a spectrum. And do you ever find that some some young people have, uh, you know, are finding themselves, you know, on one part of that spectrum and then in another as well at the same time? Uh, you, you know, it ranges from, um, like we were talking about in the first episode, from disordered eating, which might not meet criteria for an official diagnosis, but still may be causing suffering and problems in the person's life. Uh, and that's, you know, that's good enough to be in therapy if the person feels the need to do that. Often I get that question of, you know, is this good enough to be in therapy? And that's very much a personal decision. Um, certainly a provider can make recommendations as to whether or not the therapy will be helpful, but it really is a self-driven decision as to whether or not therapy uh, is needed. Um, if you're asking if someone can be on one part of the spectrum for one kind of disorder and a different part of the spectrum for a different kind of disorder, sort of sometimes, and there are blended versions of this, it's certainly possible for someone who has anorexia to occasionally be engaging in binge purge behavior, and it's certainly possible for someone with bulimia nervosa to engage in restriction at times. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I was talking about, because I, I, you know, I feel like, you know, maybe some parents might have have heard our description kind of in the first episode and think, well, uh, you know, my child, I feel like has some some symptoms going on, you know, in both of these areas. Yeah, absolutely. And there are even types. So within anorexia nervosa, there is a binge purge type. And what that would mean is if the person meets all those other criteria for anorexia and they're binging and purging, then technically they would be diagnosed with anorexia nervosa binge purge type rather than being diagnosed with bulimia nervosa. I want to talk... I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, It's just, it's not as discreet as the diagnoses, you know, would, would play out. It's in reality, a lot of people have blended symptom pictures. Absolutely. I'm so sure of that. And, you know, how does how does this translate uh, from what you're doing with uh, the, the those that are coming to see you? How does that translate then into any medical support that might be needed? Uh, because a lot of times that is also a big concern that there's uh, there are other people involved in the team, maybe. Yeah, that is such an important point. I actually won't see someone who has an eating disorder without there being um cared for by a medical provider, and that's because eating disorders have the highest uh, mortality rate of any mental health condition at about 10%. So the medical concerns are quite serious. It can put any body system in jeopardy, particularly the heart, um, and so it's, it can be quite serious. And so it's very important that if someone's struggling with anorexia nervosa or bulimia nervosa in particular, Binge eating disorder is a little bit less of a medical concern, but with bulimia or anorexia nervosa, it's really vital that they be in medical care as well as the therapy piece. Now, when you are first, you know, having this introduction kind of assessment going on with a young person, I mean, do you do you kind of stop the process and say, okay, you need to go seek medical care, then come back to me? How does that work? That is a difficult conversation to have. Often it depends how symptomatic the person is, how familiar they are and comfortable they are uh, with those kinds of services, and um, and personality factors, like how distrustful they might be of medical providers. Do they have a trauma history? So sometimes it's a nuanced conversation. 
what I think is important is if the person is incredibly diff, um, uncomfortable with the medical care piece right off the bat, is for them to know the risks involved in, in not doing that. Um, but I really do try to get them over there as quickly as possible to see a medical provider. Uh, I'm talking to Matt Zimmerman, who is my guest for a two-part episode as we're talking about body image concerns and eating disorders. And Matt, I want to talk a little bit about uh, kind of uh, fast-forwarding this journey a bit. You know, I'm thinking about uh, someone I knew years ago and was close to who uh, had an eating disorder and was dealing with that and, you know, got therapy and got uh, into some really great integrative uh, care with uh, Mm -hmm. what she was going through. And then as I've known her over the years, I still see her struggle with things from time to time. Is that something that you find common that, you know, listen, this was a, a struggle here at this particular point in my life doesn't necessarily mean that those things might not pop up again later on, but maybe with with therapy and a relationship of ongoing uh, health care that you could you can address those as they come up later on. Yeah, that's a great point, Dee. So there are things that will change sooner, and there are things that will change later. And what we generally see that changes sooner are a lot of the symptoms, let's say restricting or, or binge purge behavior. They may change sooner, within months or sometimes within a few years. What tends to last longer are the body image difficulties, mm. whether it's distorted body image or undue influence of body image on the person's self-esteem. And symptoms are more likely to emerge at points in life where the person's going through transitions or losses or periods of very high stress. Then symptoms can reemerge. Now, what tends to be different is when that person gets back into therapy, often that change can be made quicker because they have that therapeutic foundation from before, but there are things that may pop up again. And what I would say about that is that that's not different than the way any of us really struggle. We all have our vulnerabilities, whether it's depression or anxiety or eating issues, and it's going to be similar in periods of transition, loss, or high stress those things may reemerge. Yeah, which, Matt, is why, um, you know, I I am always a fan of, uh, you know, having my therapist phone number ready to go because, (laughs) you know, I'm going to go through other things in life and and things are going to happen in my life, those transitional times like you were talking about, where I'm going to go back, you know, maybe fall back into some patterns that I had before that I knew were not maybe healthy patterns for me. Yeah, that's such a great point. And we therapists embrace that exact attitude personally as well. Um, Obviously, most therapists don't have stigma attitudes about being in therapy ourselves and really approach it in an intermittent way. Like there are going to be points in life where it can be really valuable to see a mental health provider, just like it's valuable to see a medical provider at points in one's life. Matt, you were talking a few minutes ago about uh, the body image issues and and how maybe some of those could come up again later on in life. You know, I'm thinking about how our culture, you know, so many of us have have fell into this is this trap of like watching certain things on TV or watching people on television or watching advertisements or hearing about things that that make us 
really look at ourselves in a negative light. And do you find that to be kind of a starting point for body image issues with a lot of young people where they're just seeing all of these images all the time that we see that really push a message in our face? I think it's definitely a contributing factor, whether it's a starting point or not. It may be for some people and for other people, it may be another factor that contributes to the eating disorder. But we know we know that those kinds of images, what we call the thin ideal images, definitely promotes um, eating disordered and disordered eating behavior for people. And in fact, there's some studies that show that a 20-second exposure to someone who um, is embracing the thin ideal, like in a magazine, for example, mm-hmm. can actually make someone feel worse about themselves. Wow. So when we're standing there in the grocery line looking at those magazines, we, that actually has an impact. And when you think about, you know, the tens or hundreds of times that we may see images like that in a given day, uh, it definitely contributes in, a, in an unhelpful way. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm thinking about, gosh, that, that, is, that is a really interesting statistic uh, with the 20 yeah. seconds. That's, that's crazy. That's been a repeated study. It's been shown several times. That's amazing. That re- really yeah. is eye-opening. And, and I'm thinking about, you know, even at times when I've been at the gym and I've, you know, looked at the television for a minute or even looked over at someone else who was doing a, you know, what seemingly was a harder workout than I was doing. And, and I, there's a moment, there's that window, Matt, when you have that you're thinking uh, a a negative thought like you really have to push that out or replace it with something because this really affects a lot of us most of us really I mean that we can sort of let that moment that window and not be conscious about it yeah I think I think the cultural media piece is is really tricky and I do think it requires a certain level awareness of awareness and activity to kind of send some of that send some of that off Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Matt Zimmerman is my guest for a two-part episode as we've been talking about body image concerns and also eating disorders. And I want to get uh, a little bit back on track with eating disorders and and some of the the work that you've done, Matt. I mean, you've done such uh, just immense work on this. I know you've also trained a lot of of people coming into this field. Um, How has that training been and and how is it different today than maybe, maybe be what it was for you coming into the field. Yeah, I mean, I love the training work that I do. I'm, I'm, I'm proud of it, and I'm um, glad to contribute to the field. Um, you know, it depends what the doctoral students are really wanting to pursue. These are doctoral students who are becoming psychologists. We do have um, trainees. I work at a large university uh, in Virginia here. We do have trainees who want to uh, form a subspecialty with eating issues and body image concerns and others who want to focus on more general practice with depression or anxiety or specific things like trauma. You know, and what we see, um, which is nice, is stigma is on the decline. So we see a lot more people coming in without any concerns about feeling weird about coming in for therapy. Uh, so the numbers are, are, are really skyrocketing, and that's a good thing. Um, so, you know, training people in brief therapy, for example, so that if they work in an agency, they can do more work with more people, um, that's been a change in recent years. 
It's it's amazing to see uh, the the growth in the mental health care field. I, I'm always very excited about it. We have a lot of uh, therapists and psychotherapists and psychologists as guests on the shows here, and it, it really is amazing to see the how how it is growing and how I feel like you know it's it's becoming a more accepted relationship uh, to lean to lean into and to lean on as as a as a trusted person. But I also think it's so important that you find the right the right person for where you are in your life which is uh why again I, I i'm a fan of this book that you've written choosing a psychotherapist a guide to navigating the mental health maze what what is what is next for you matt i know you're growing your your telepsychology as well which i, I think is wonderful is there another book on the horizon what's coming up for you <laughs> I don't have another book on the horizon right now. I am excited about, I started an Alexa skill. Uh, so if someone has an Echo or a Dot or they want to put the Alexa app on their phone, um, and it's called On Change. And what I'm trying to do here is give people very brief tips for keeping their mind and brain at peak. So about five times a week, I do these 90-second to 120-second tips. And, and all this week and next week in honor of of my interview with UD, I'm doing body image and eating issues. Um, so that's been really exciting, and watching the metrics has been really fun to see the, the people who are making use of that on-change skill. That's amazing. I, I think that sounds so exciting to be uh, having that available on Alexa. I mean, it really is something that uh, that I think a lot of people will make use of. And certainly, um, I, I'm, I'm so happy that you're doing that on the topic that we've uh, been discussing. But you also take suggestions through that as well. I do. It's really fun to have that kind of dialogue with people. Um, they can go to my website, drmattzimmerman.com, or my Gmail account, which is zimconsult at gmail.com, and give me ideas on postings that you want to hear. And the, the skill is completely free. It's just something I'm having fun with um, and trying to spread the word about how we can be mentally healthier. I love it. I love it. And it's called On Change. That is the skill? Yeah, absolutely. All right. That's very good. Now, uh, before we end things off, uh, Matt, I, I, I just want to address uh, the importance of those that are listening that may really uh, be having, you know, one of those moments where they've heard things that we've discussed, Matt, and, and they really feel like that's touching them right where they are. And maybe that, you know, it may be touching a family member of theirs or a friend of theirs that they feel like is going through an eating disorder or having some serious body image issues, when that process is is getting started and uh, that scary moment comes where either you're going to have a conversation with someone or maybe um, you yourself is having you know that that moment where you're saying I'm having I'm having some issues and I'm I'm really struggling with this. What what do you what do you want to say to those people who are really feeling you know like hey, this is me, or hey, I know someone who, this is them, you know, where do I start? How do I get through this scary moment? This seems like it's going to be a long journey. Yeah, I think if you're the loved one of someone who struggles with something like this, my, the first advice is don't go it alone. Make sure you have your own supports. Um, because if you end up feeling sort of stuck as being the only person who knows about it, or who the person of concern is talking to you about it, um, that can be overly stressful. And so if you're the support person, taking care of yourself first and foremost is really important. It's 
kind of like, you know, what they tell you about the oxygen mask yes. airplanes is put, put yours on first. Yes. Um, so you're in a position to help. So that means engaging in your own self-care first. Um, and then, like we talked about in the first episode, being direct and honest, framing it as stress and expressing your specific concerns and knowing that it will be a process, that it might not be one conversation and it might not just be your conversation with the person who you're worried about that eventually results in their getting the support and the treatment that they need. Really powerful stuff, Matt. Uh, this has been a fantastic and educational conversation about uh, body image concerns and eating disorders. Matt, tell everybody again how they can get in touch with you. And maybe if they have some follow-up questions, they can uh, get in touch with you via email and and how they can get your book. And really good stuff. And I know that a lot of people might want to reach out to you. Absolutely. And thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to talk about this. I really appreciate it. Um, but people can get in touch with me at drmattzimmerman.com, uh, the contact me page, and leave me whatever messages they like, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can, or directly through my Gmail account, which is zimconsult at gmail.com, which is Z-I-M-M consult at gmail.com. Great. And the book is called Choosing a Psychotherapist, a Guide to Navigating the Mental Health Maze, available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million. And of course, uh, you can drop by Matt's website and tell him how much you loved the book after you read it. <laughs> Matt, this has been really fantastic. And uh, I just want to say thank you for your work in this field. Thank you for what you're doing in the mental health care field and the integrative field as well. We appreciate that. And uh, this has been great. Thanks again. And thank you. Take care. The views, thoughts, and opinions expressed by the host and guests on this podcast are their own and not necessarily those of Centennial Broadcasting.